0: Thanks for listening in to The Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. It's Mark chapter six, beginning in verse one. We're gonna read a few verses. If you're there, can you say amen? Beginning in verse 1, the word of the Lord says this He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? is not this the carpenter the son of mary and brother of james joseph and judas and simon and are not his sisters here with us and they took offense at him and jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household and he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people somebody say on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief and he went about the villages teaching and he went about among the villages teaching mark chapter 6 those first six verses that's going to start off this series as we look Who is this man? I want you to mark that down, write that down, Mark chapter six. I believe it gives us the idea of what people think about when they think about Jesus. Who is this man? Where did he get these things from? We're gonna look at Jesus today, maybe for the next 27 minutes or so, and then we're gonna pray and worship one more time before we leave. But um, I believe if we get a better view of Jesus, I believe we're gonna walk away better, healthier than we came in. Amen. Today, I titled this message, See the Difference. See the difference. Look at three, four, five people around you and tell them, see the difference today. See the difference. Let's pray. And then we're going to worship Jesus and uh, then we're going to go outside and celebrate baptisms. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. God, we thank you for all you're doing at Calvary and churches around the world. Thank you for everyone that calls on your name today. We pray that people may see you today. More than lights, songs, lyrics, buildings, all of this is great, but we pray that First and foremost, people see you, Jesus. Be high and lifted up. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Uh, help us today as we kick off four services in a new series that, uh, God, our eyes will be placed on you. I pray for marriages, homes, relationships, lives. You are the healer. You are the teacher. You are the deliverer. And as we look to you, I know we're going to walk away better than we came in. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say Come on, all of God's people say, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. If if you've been here for um, quite some time already, uh, I, I always talk about my dogs. I have two dogs. I have a German shepherd and I have a mixed dog that we rescued from the pound. Any dog lovers at this service? Any dog lovers? Wow, this is God's service. I love it. I love it. We are dog people. We love dogs absolutely. Any any cat lovers at this service? Cat lovers? <laughs> Today we're going to baptize people and pray for people after service. <laughs> Satan loves cats, but I'm just I'm just Dogs are godly. I'm just saying. Dogs are from God. I love dogs. I have two dogs. One, one of them, and you've heard me say this many times, one of them is a German shepherd. I have a German shepherd. He's awesome. About four years old. He's he's gentle. He's kind. He's handsome like his father. I absolutely love him. He's he's also a big goof. He's like a big goof. He, he has no idea. Not a care in the world. Like Zion is the nicest dog in the world. He looks like he's scary, but he's not. He's scared of everything. I mean, just... We actually have a pretend voice for him. We're like, Zion is a goof. He must be like, oh, thank you for this walk, Dad. <laughs> You're the best, oh, I love this. Like we, just, we make believe, like Zion must talk like that because he lives in La La Land. Maybe about two, three years ago, we went to the pound and we rescued this dog. Diana is an animal lover, and I think if it was up to her, she'll rescue every dog we find on the street every single day. And so she said, like, we got to go get another dog. Let's go rescue a dog. We went to the pound, got this mix. She's awesome. Her name is Maggie, short for Magnolia. Uh, Maggie doesn't know Jesus yet. She needs salvation. <laughs> Zion is kind, gentle, saved, a follower of Jesus. Maggie still needs deliverance. We're praying for her salvation. She, she is, she's not aggressive. She's enthusiastic. She, she's not... She's not dangerous. She's just excited all the time. And especially when we go on walks. When we go on walks, she can be very energy. Zion goes, he doesn't care who he sees, what he sees. He's just loving life. Like, he's, like, worshipping. Like, Zion is worshipping. Like, oh, you know, high and lifted up. That's right. He's just, like, in his own world. Maggie is on the hunt, on the prowl. And because I know this about Maggie, I, I, I'm more on edge. I got to be careful when I walk Maggie. And I'm always looking about my head's on a swivel because if she sees not people, she doesn't care about people, but dogs or lizards. She is a lizard hunter. She loses her mind. She'll drag somebody. And so I have to walk around carefully. Um, yesterday, I'm walking them in the morning and I get to this part of my neighborhood where there's a corner. And with, with a corner, you don't have a full view. What's coming around the corner? Uh, Maggie got like super engaged with something in the grass. And I don't know what it was, but I was walking and she wouldn't keep walking. I look back and I'm like, Maggie, come on. Maggie, 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 <laughs> like, Maggie. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't. I'm like, Maggie, was gone. So I go back to look. In that moment, I relax my posture. I forget about the view. And as soon as she looks up, there's a dog that's coming around the corner. And Maggie went at it. Like Maggie just took off. Now, thank God. God has given me muscles and strength and I'm not all for his glory I'm just saying like not, nothing in me but for the glory of God I was able to stop her in time but I just started thinking wow when I don't have a full view I can be in dangerous place when I don't have a full view you can end up in a dangerous place today uh, I, I want to tell you that what you see determines where you go What you see will determine where you go. In the year 1912, one of the most famous, if not the most famous cruise ship of all time, the Titanic set sail. And they thought it was unsinkable. It became known as the unsinkable ship. What they didn't know was that there was icebergs ahead of them. In fact, they they were actually sailing on smooth seas. They weren't even looking out with binoculars. They had left them down in a locked closet and nobody was using them and little did they know that what was ahead of them was a giant iceberg that would sink the ship and over 1500 lives were lost that night I want to tell you that today, life can give you all kind of views, obstructed, corrupted, but we have spiritual binoculars in the Word of God, and if we pick them up, we'll get a clear view, a healthy view, a good view for the soul that gives us direction, healing, come on, peace. This is the view that we have in Jesus. What you see determines where you go. I put it this way today, obstruction causes destruction. What obstructs your view, what gets in the way. We're living in a world today that all kinds of things are obstructing our view. All kinds of issues are obstructing our view, like people have all kinds of takes and thoughts and opinions when it comes to life or when it comes to marriage, when it comes to family, when it comes to sex, when it comes to life, past, present, future, heaven, spirituality, religion. Oh, everybody has a view. Everybody has a take. And we have to be careful that we have a full view on this, not an incomplete view. Because if not, a bad view will lead you to a bad place in life. On all these kinds of views, what is your perception? What do you see? What do you think? Because humanity will try to put their opinion on your views. The wisdom of man will try to influence you On all these takes, Charles Spurgeon, the incredible great late preacher of the 1800s who led a revival in London, he said this, Look you about and try to live by the wisdom of man. It's unstable as water and fickle as the wind. It's the product of human wisdom. The history of philosophy from the beginning until now is the history of fools. And never was folly so self-evident as in the philosophy which is now dominant. How many know that is still true? Charles Spurgeon was a kind, sweet pastor. (laughs) Saying human wisdom was absolute folly. Right? We all have our take and our opinions on things. And I'm just saying we have to be careful what influences our thoughts and our takes on some of these matters. Because a bad view will lead you to a bitter place. When it comes to Jesus, what is your thought on Jesus? Who is this man? Today, as we kick off four services and a brand new series, everybody else that's watching online, who is this man? I ask you the question because I want you to reflect on it on your soul. Who is this man called Jesus? Do you really know who he is? What is your opinion, your thoughts, your take on Jesus? Many thought he's just a teacher or he's a prophet or he was a moral sage. He was wise. He was good. Or was he a liar, a lunatic, or a legend? Who is this Jesus? What do people tell you about Jesus? What have you thought about this Jesus? Do you really know him? Do you re- Have you studied him? Have you taken time to contemplate him and think on him? Charles Spurgeon, again, he says, oh, you need to weigh it on your heart. You need to look at him, look at him, look at him, and look at him once again, he says. Lay it on your heart and think about him day and night because his words are full of wisdom. His life is full of peace. His spirit was full of glory. Come on, this is the Jesus that we worship. This is the Jesus that we're gathered around. He is the one true living God. He is the hope of glory. Who is this Jesus? Who is this man that nations worship? Who is this man named Jesus? Paul, after years of knowing him, still told the church in Philippi, Oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Today, do we know him that way? Who is this man named Jesus? Jesus. Maybe your view has been corrupted by people's opinions and takes and thoughts. Maybe family, people around you and friends told you this Jesus is nothing but a fluke. Don't become a fanatic. Uh, don't, don't, don't be a religious guy, a Bible thumper. This Jesus was good, but he wasn't really the son of God. Be careful because a bad view will lead you to a bitter place. A bad view on all of life, especially spirituality, will lead you to an empty place. And today, if you are empty, if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for hope, I'm glad that you're in the right place at the right time because we are lifting up the Son of God. His name is Jesus. He can heal you, transform you, save you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he picked me, saved me, chose me, redeemed me, adopted me. His name is Jesus. I put it this way today. Once you see correctly, you'll actually be changed completely. You need to see the difference of who Jesus really is because once you see him completely for who he is, I'm telling you, you'll be completely changed forever. I want to see him correctly, rightly so. This Jesus is a powerful Jesus. In Mark chapter 6, the scripture that we just read, we're getting this kind of sentiment that's going on in our culture today. Who, who is this man named Jesus? Many worship him on Sundays across the globe, but yet people are still kind of like, who, who is this man named Jesus? Why, why do people love him and worship him? And why are there bumper stickers about him? And why are they adding services at churches? And why are people worshiping him? There's something different about this man. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus is finished teaching. He goes to his hometown, and people are like, Who, who's this? He, he speaks differently. He doesn't speak like the philosophical leaders of our day and age. There's something different about this man. And then they start trying to just classify him as anybody else, and they're like, this is Joseph's son. He was just building chairs in the garage a few years ago. This is Bob the Builder, and now he's trying to be a philosophical leader, right? Who is this Jesus? Well, today, I think, let's take a moment to really inspect and think about who Jesus is because he wasn't just found in the Gospels. The Gospels are great. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, absolutely phenomenal. The best uh, stories of Jesus, you're going to find them in these Gospels. They're incredible. But outside of the Gospels, you also find sources that talk about Jesus, So many people will be like, well, I don't believe in Jesus because it's only talked about in Scripture. I don't think there's any other sources, are there, about Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Yes, there is. Actually, Jesus was crucified in 33 AD, and sometime after, maybe about 60 years after, there was this Jewish historian named Flavius Josephus. Today, if you're pregnant and you're looking for a name for your future child, (laughs) Flavius Josephus is a good one. He is considered to be the greatest historian of all things Jewish life. Flavius Josephus was an incredible historian, and in 93 AD, he writes this book. And in the book, you find a detail where he says, there was this Jesus named the Christ that was condemned and put to death by Pontius Pilate. Here we have an outside source outside of the four gospels that confirms there was a man who really lived named Jesus. Flavius Josephus is one, but we also have a Roman senator years later, and his name was Tacitus. Again, a second option for (laughs) your child. (laughs) He was a Roman senator, also considered the greatest historian of the Roman Empire. And in his writings, he disliked Christians. He did he did not like them. He did not approve of them. But in his writings, he says, there was a man named Jesus who created a following. And they were annoying. They took over the empire. They were causing so much like, like noise in the empire. Who are they? And he says, there was a man named Jesus who was crucified by Pontius Pilate. The second source outside of the four gospels that confirms there really was a man named Jesus. Jesus, who is this Jesus? We have two other writings of the Roman Empire that confirm a man named Jesus was put to death by the Roman Empire. Not only was he put to death, something must have happened because his followers, his friends, his disciples, they didn't go into hiding and the movement didn't die. After three days, It seems, they say, like he really did resurrect and there were sightings of him because they all began to get bolder and louder about their faith. In fact, most of them were martyred because they followed this man named Jesus and not about you. I'll die for something that may be true but I wouldn't die for something that's a lie. This Jesus was a real man. He is no myth. He is no fable. He is no tale. He really lived. He was really crucified, put in a grave. But after three days, he resurrected. Who is this man? His name is Jesus. Come on. H.G. Wells, he says, I'm a historian. I'm not a believer. But I must confess as a historian that this penitent preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. John Ortberg, who's a Christian author, he writes, his presence is unavoidable, his influence inescapable, his appeal is inexhaustible, his endurance is inextinguishable. Come on, this is Jesus we're talking about. This is Jesus. Who is this man? He's the Son of God. Who is this man? He is the Almighty. Who is this man? He is I am, that I am, that I am. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the healer. He is the teacher. He is more than a prophet. It. He is the king. He is the lion. He's the bright and morning star. He's the living of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He'll heal you. He'll deliver you. He'll save you. He'll give you a brand new set of eyes to look at life differently. He'll turn you around, flip you upside down, which is really right side up. Oh, he's the healer. His name is Jesus. Nations worship him. All, every tongue and every knee will bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord. He's Savior he's lord he's almighty he's the conquering lion he is always will be he was is and forever will be he's from everlasting to everlasting we're talking about jesus can anybody praise jesus for about 15 30 seconds this man is jesus come on calvary Don't get me excited. I grew up charismatic Pentecostal. I got a seatbelt, but... We were growing up in church, we used to sing this song. When I think about Jesus and what he did for me, when I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I can jump, hey, jump, hey. Looking back sometimes, we're now more grown and mature and sophisticated. Some of us used to go, hey, to la macarena or to azúcar. or to the Dolphins or to the Heat. I'm a sports guy, a music guy, but if I'm gonna say hey about something, I'm gonna say hey about the one that saved me, about the one that healed me, about the one that changed me, adopted me, redeemed me. And if you to get down in the club, you can get down in the church and say, there is a God, this man named Jesus. There's something different about him. I met him and he changed me. I met him and he healed me. I met him and he delivered me. I met him and he made me new. Come on somebody, give God a big praise okay, back (laughs) this church is crazy (laughs) he is more than a man he's the God man today I want to look at him for just a moment we don't have too much time, you guys are crazy (laughs) I want to look at him as teacher Next week, we'll look at him as healer. In fact, in every service next week, we're going to take time to pray for anybody that's sick because I believe Jesus still heals. God is a healing God. So if you know anybody that's sick, bring them to every service. We'll make space. We'll open up a space in the roof and bring them down. We'll do whatever we got to do. Week number three, we're going to look at him as a miracle worker. Week number four is deliverer. If you're tormented, oppressed, possessed, he'll heal you, save you, deliver you. Week number five, Good Friday, we're going look at him as the atoning sacrifice, the lamb. And week number six on Easter Sunday as the resurrected king. Who is this man that speaks like this? In Luke chapter seven, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the ones who couldn't say, hey, about Jesus, <laughs> they were frozen chosen. They thought they knew God. They thought they knew the law. They, they send soldiers to arrest him the soldiers go to arrest him and when they come back they come back empty handed and they're like where's Jesus and one of the soldiers in Luke chapter 7 says I've never heard a man speak this way in Matthew chapter 9 I believe the crowds are astonished who is this man that teaches this way where does he get this wisdom Far above philosophical teachers of our days Better than anything we could find ideologies and books and history. This man speaks different Because it wasn't man's wisdom. It was divine wisdom It's God in the flesh First Corinthians chapter 1 Paul says he is the power of God and the wisdom of God He's God in the flesh the power of God walking amongst us and the wisdom of God walking amongst us. Paul says in Colossians chapter two, all knowledge and all wisdom and treasures of the world are found in him. How beautiful to think about Jesus. And yet in our arrogance, in our pride, we, we treat him as just teacher good wise yes sage more than that he's the master teacher he's the teacher of teachers the greeks were arrogant and prideful they boasted in their knowledge and their wisdom and their philosophies the romans were arrogant about all they built and their systems and their strength and here comes the one who was a carpenter all these years later saying i gave you that knowledge That wisdom, you got it from me, and I have more where that came from. I gave you the strength, and I gave you the capacity to build, read, work. I am that I am. Before Abraham was, I am. He is Jesus. And he comes with profound, divine wisdom that this world has never heard before. Jesus, what a beautiful teacher. And in his teachings, he's inviting you and I on a journey. He starts teaching, he's walking around villages, and he's inviting us to see life differently. He's inviting us to see the difference of what he has to offer, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. Because live sin has obstructed our view. And as a teacher, he's telling us, there's new things you can see if you follow me. And I'll finish with three things, the keys are playing. Which means, Alex, wrap it up. (laughs) We'll finish with these last three things, and then we'll worship God one more time. Today, if you don't know this teacher, he's the master teacher. He has wisdom you can't find in regular books. He has wisdoms that you can't get in university or colleges. It's not man's wisdom, it's divine wisdom. He's saying, come, let me show you something different. Number one, he gives us a new identity. Come, come look at life from a different lens. Somebody say a new identity. One of the identities he comes to give us is who is God? Because humanity for years, centuries, who is this God? What is he like? There must be a God. If you just look outside, you see all of creation. There must be a maker, an architect, a designer. Who is this God? The Bible says that he is the visible image of the invisible God. In other words, he comes to identify God the Father for us. Philip, one of the followers, friends, disciples says, Jesus, show us the Father. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, today, if you're here watching online, you're like, what is God like? Does he love me? Is he for me? I've messed up too much. I've done too much wrong. I don't even know if I should be in this place. I don't know if God wants anything to do with me. Look at Jesus, and you'll see mercy, compassion, grace, forgiveness. You'll see how much he hates sin, yet how much he loves the sinner in Jesus. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying, and he says, "Oh righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I'll continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I'll be in them. One of the main functions of Jesus coming down to earth was to reveal the Father to us. Today, I don't know what your picture of God is like, but I'm I'm telling you, if you put your eyes on Jesus, this man, he's the God man. He'll reveal the Father to you. Not only does he reveal the Father, once you get a picture of the Father, you know who you are. And you get a new identity. He tells the disciples, who people say that I am? And they're like, oh, you're a prophet, you're a teacher. And Peter, outspoken, loud, says, you are the Messiah, the Christ. And I can picture him for a moment saying, oh, I hope that was right. (laughs) And what does Jesus respond? Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but the Spirit has. Today, you're no longer Peter, you're now the rock. Why? Because once you know the Father, you get a full identity of who you really are human beings for so long. Since Adam and Eve fell in the garden, we've been walking around with a corrupted view, an obstructed view of who we are. Glory days in the series that we started the year, we said the mirror's been shattered. And so we walk around with guilt, with shame, with condemnation, but Jesus comes to say, I am the way to the Father and now you are redeemed, you are chosen, you are adopted, you are forgiven, you are a child of God. That's why Paul writing to the church in Ephesus says you are no longer strangers or exiles you are now in the family in Romans chapter 8 Paul says for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba father the spirit himself bear witness of our spirit that we are children of God and if we're children they were heirs and we're heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ Provided we suffer with him in order that we must also be glorified with him. In other words, there was this distance between us and God and we couldn't get close to God. God was off at a distance. Jesus comes to show us. You can raise your hands today and say, Abba, Father, Father God, I love you. And you can have a full relationship because today you can be a son and a daughter of God because of what the master teacher did. His name is Jesus. Today, he comes to give us a new identity, but more than that, he also comes to teach us about a new way, a new way. After Jesus died and resurrected and ascended to the Father, the disciples all got bold and they started preaching and the apostles started building the church and they became known as leaders of the way, the way. Christianity was first called the way. Today, many of us, what we're trying to do is that we're trying to practice the way of Jesus. It's a new way to live. Because humanity doesn't know how to live. We think we do. In our arrogance, we put value and morals, and all these things, but it's corrupted and it's wrong. Jesus taught us what life was really like. He showed us a better way because he came with good news. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Oh, Jesus came to give good news. Today, if you walked in here and your world is upside down, your life is shattered, there's not more bad news in this place. There's good news in this place. I know we're surrounded by bad news all over the world. You turn on the TV, you get bad news. You look on social media, there's bad news. But I want to tell you that this Bible is not Fox, CNN abc msnbc abc mnnop no it is the message of god the father it is a love letter to his children there's good news yes we're sinners but he's made a way for every sinner to get to know the way the truth and the life his name is jesus there's a new way to live you don't have to live in condemnation or in fear or in guilt or in shame oh there's a new way it's the way of jesus There's good news for the lost. There's good news for the sinner. There's good news for those that are outside. Why are we adding another service? Because we wanna play more instruments and we wanna be here all day? No. We're adding more services because there's a lost city that needs an answer. There's a lost city that's trying drugs and clubs and all kinds of things and one-night stands. There's a lost city that's looking for motels and vices. Can I tell you, he's better than a vice and a one-night stand. He's better than alcohol. His name is Jesus. He'll give you peace for your soul. Oh, there's a new way to live. Jesus comes with just a message that shocks the culture women were looked at as second type of citizens children were not even thought about the orphans the widows your enemies you murdered them Oh, it's a doggy dog world, survival of the fittest. Save your coins. Live for you and you alone. Jesus comes with the opposite teaching. He gives worth to every human. He says, give your life away. He says, live a generous life, and he'll fill you back up. Come on, that's the message of Jesus. It's a new way to look at life. Yet we let the things of this world and the corruption of this world obstruct our view. And Jesus comes to give us a better view. See the difference, he says and how you can live if you follow me. I'm gonna ask the band to come up, we'll finish with this. Not only does he give us a new identity and a new way, he also gives us a new peace, a new peace. The master teacher comes to teach us about a peace that you and I can have that this world can't give us. The philosophical sages, the wisdom teachers of their day, the Romans and the Greeks, all we're trying to find peace for the soul and make sense of the universe and the world and so they came up with all types of ideologies that our world today does as well you go to universities and college campuses today and you have all types of professors trying to teach our students about what life means and where life comes from and really it's folly like Charles Spurgeon said and they think that by getting some type of worldly understanding it'll produce peace for the human soul but I would Suggest to look at the track over over the last couple of decades and see that we are not in a moral incline, but a moral decline Because the philosophical of our modern-day world will not bring peace to the soul The atheistic views and corrupted views that's being taught across schools and universities today does not give humanity peace In fact, it leaves us wondering, because if I came from nothing, that must mean I am nothing, I'm going to nothing. And a nothing soul will never give you peace. And Jesus comes to reveal the Father and to show us a new way of life. And if you know this way, and if you know this Jesus, and if you know this God, you'll realize you're not nothing, but you're something. Because you were created by Almighty God in your mother's womb with purpose, and with dignity, and with honor. And when you understand that, you'll begin to live life a little bit different. You'll pick up your head and know that you're here on purpose, for a purpose, and that gives you peace for your soul. And then you'll realize that This world is corrupted and as messed up as it is. For sure we'll all fall and sin and stumble. And sin causes war with God. God opposes sin, God is definitely angry at sin. He must deal with sin in order to have a relationship with his children once again. And today we feel that we're at war with God because of our sin. And Jesus says, yes, but I I come to give you a new peace. Because the only way to the Father is through Jesus. And the Bible says that he carried our sins. The master teacher, full of divine wisdom, went up on the cross, gave up his life, went down to a grave, but after three days, he resurrected. And today, if you make peace with God, you can experience the peace of God. Humanity's walked it around burdened, troubled. The master teacher teaches in Matthew chapter 11, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This world, will cause humanity to have all types of yokes. It's literally a device to hold you down. It's what they use on oxen, on farm animals. And Jesus says, you're weighed down by trying to follow a law, a ritual. You're weighed down by the philosophies and ideologies of this world. You're trying to figure it out. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you follow me today, listen, you can have peace for your soul. The world today is looking for peace and it's only found in Jesus. It's not gonna be found in how much you own, how much you have, who you become, your status, how many followers. The master teacher says, just come to me and I'll give you rest for your soul. That's good news today. I'm gonna ask all of us to stand up to our feet all across the place. With every eye closed, every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. Whether you're here online or in additional seating, Maybe you're in here today and you don't know this, God. You're saying, Alex, somebody invited me. This is my first time, second time. Or maybe you've been coming for a while, but you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I'm a sinner. You have no idea what I've done, where I've been. You're right. I don't know, but God knows, and he loves you still. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. There's not one perfect person in this place. And the Bible says that the wages or the price of sin is death. Sin ultimately will kill you it begins to kill you slowly emotionally, spiritually, mentally many times physically sin comes to kill but the end of that verse is beautiful it says but the gift of God is eternal life today you don't have to die in your sin maybe you've walked in and sin has destroyed your life, your marriage, your home your soul, your mind the gift of God is eternal life, abundant life full life today you can have a new identity, you can walk in a new way, and you can have a new peace. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm gonna ask pastors to pray, dream team to pray every eye closed, every head bowed, in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer. If you don't know Jesus, and today you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I know I've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. I know there's sin in my life, but I don't know this Jesus. I don't know this man. What must I do to... be saved the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord you will be saved. Oh today you can leave out of here with a relationship with Almighty God. Today you can leave out of here knowing you have peace now for your soul. The Bible says that Jesus took my sins your sins went up on a cross he carried the sins of the world and he paid the ultimate price. Went down to a grave he was dead for three days but after three days Jesus Christ he resurrected. Jesus is alive. Today, he wants to give you a brand new beginning, a brand new start. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, if you say, Alex, I need Jesus, I need forgiveness. At the count of three, if you say, Alex, I want to repent of my sins, all that means is I want to turn around. I want to head the direction of God the Father. It's that simple. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. At the count of three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand high enough, long enough for me to see you. I'm not going to embarrass you, give you a mic. Every eye closed, every head bowed, but if that's you, I would love to see who I'm praying for. Raise your hand at the count of three. Hold it up for a second or two, then you can put it right back down. Every eye closed, come on, as we're praying. If that's you, you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. Today, I need a brand new beginning. I need forgiveness. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Three, raise your hand all over this place. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you and you and you and you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, and you and you and you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Amazing, 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 awesome, great move, awesome, God bless you, awesome. You can put your hands back down. All over this place. Let's say this prayer together. It's one big family. Come on. I'm gonna make this first prayer easy, but you can talk to God any place, anywhere. Repeat after me. In fact, the whole church in one big voice, repeat after me, say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. Today, I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, come on, from today on, I am forgiven, I am saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, decision online as well or an additional seating we actually have a free gift for you outside we have a connect tent thank you so much we have these bags our team is holding up on the way out if you did that prayer and you receive jesus as lord and savior uh on the way out say hey i did that prayer with alex they're gonna give you this free gift there's a whole bunch of things in there for you but the most important thing there's a bible it's actually for new believers for christians and it's absolutely free it's not 9.99 no it's free 99 and uh, we want to give it to you absolutely free we love you we're on the journey with you. Welcome to the family. Come on, one more time. Can we give them a big, big hand? Thank you. Come on, anybody thankful for this man named Jesus? Why don't we sing this out one more time? Come on, with every hand lifted, Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for week one. As we look to you, Jesus, the master teacher, the teacher of teachers, all glory.